1: The
2: Sheffield Wednesday Fan Podcast. Good evening and welcome to this week's Wednesday week. This is not Dan Fudge, he's had all these vodka confiscators. So while he deals with that, um, you've got me tonight, Ben as your host, and I'm here with Vic and Stevie. How are you both? Hi. Good,
3: thanks.
0: Yeah, evening,
2: mate.
3: You're I'm good. going to Vodka rev in Brighton and not having <laughs> any vodka. <laughs>
2: Long story. I'm sure he'll talk, tell him more about that. When um, we have got some football to talk about. Some of it not great, some of it much better after Tuesday night. Um, but we'll start with Cheltenham and get it out of the way. One stat that is really beginning to wind me up is the fact that we've not come from behind away from home since February 2016. For context, I was in year 10. I'm now nearly finished at uni. That's how long ago it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> These that long uh, well, I don't think we've done it at home since 2019 or something like that which ain't great but we'll start with the positive Shea Dunkley he made team of the week after Cheltenham Steve we've both been pretty critical about him in the last few weeks probably rightly so but the last couple of games he's done alright
0: yeah I'd agree with that mate um, I think he's, he's been we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Sunderland. I think the last two games he's been absolutely fantastic um, I was talking to my mate the other night in, at, at the match, and I think this rings true um, as well for the Cheltenham game. Um, it seems to be that there's been a little bit of a shift, and we've come away from that idea that we're going to play out from the back through Dunkley. And I've said this week in, week out, I don't think Dunkley's the kind of player that you'll, you you want standing to, to the left or the right of your goalkeeper, getting a ball on the, the in, in line with the six-yard box and playing out. I think he, he's not comfortable doing that. I think he's most comfortable um, doing what he's done for the last week or so, which is getting his big head on the ball, winning his challenges, putting his body on the line, throwing himself about and being a League One center off, because at the end of the day, that's what he is. And I think he's, he, you know, we, put a, we, we talk about square peg round holes, we put a, a square peg in a square hole and it, it, it's fitting very nicely at the moment but, um, for Dunkley, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I think Alex Miller put something about statistically the the, the way Wednesday have played since, I can't remember what game it was. Is it the Ipswich game that we've played a lot more direct long balls than we had before the Ipswich game? And it seemed quite noticeable. Um, Vic, what do you think about Shea Dunkler coming up with a goal? Well, nearly two, wasn't it,
3: technically? Um, Yeah, I think he did well. I think I've also been a big critic. Just in a way, like I say sometimes, like a bit like a mother, like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed because I can see that there's something in him. And it's also, like Stevie said, it's the way that he's been played as well and it's the positions that he's been put into that haven't suited him because he can panic and he that, when he panics, he fluffs it up. Um, and I think that's something that obviously with Iorfa for out, we had to make changes and it seems to have worked for him. Um, but obviously getting up for two goals-ish was real as well. Like That's exactly what you want from a centre-half, especially in this league. You need to be scoring from your centre-halves um, and it's
0: working. I think, I think that just the headers he's winning, the tackles he's making, the, the, the way he's chucking his body are, uh, about on the edge of the 18-yard box and, and winning those final balls, he looks a bigger player. Now and it's a confidence thing, isn't it? He's had a he's had a decent run. He's had a couple of games. I was I was uh, I think we were all surprised when he, he was sat out for uh, Johnson and obviously Moore has come out and said that's for balance in the in the lineup. We um, want the left side to play on the left hand side, and that was the reason that, that Dunkley was was left out, and he was disappointed about that. Um It would be one of those where if it was a you know, a, an amateur football setup, or, you know, the old stereotype, it would be when you get your shirt, you take or you take your chance to, to get your shirt, uh, you keep it. And I, I think he's doing that at the moment. And, you know, certainly in the last week or so, he um, played well on Saturday. I actually thought he was better on Tuesday night against Sunderland. And um, I think he will grow from here now. I, I think he's very much a confidence player. I think you see that with his, his activity on social media. He doesn't shy away from things. Um, I think he was, it felt when he scored the goal, he didn't celebrate. It almost felt like a weight had been lifted. Um, so he, he, he kind of took a moment to savour in it, didn't he? When, if you go back and have a look at it on the replay, and then went and celebrated with Bannon, um, almost as if to say a big a big thank you for, for getting him into position.
2: And you mentioned Bannon, he has received a fair bit of stick for his delivery this season, but both of our goals at Cheltenham come from his set pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think to be honest with you, there I, I can't remember the stat. There was a stat out. I think you retweeted it, Ben. Where, where Bannon's up there on one of the performance uh, charts in it's, terms of the distribution yeah. and
2: the, great. Uh, the
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fair play to him. He's going to get his pelters because he's your your schoolyard captain. I'm going to take all the penalties, all the throw-ins, all the all the goal kicks, all the free kicks, um, and they'll hit as many as they miss. But He's by no means any, any worse or any better than anybody else I've seen, I've seen taking set pieces at the moment. I just think his profile is that high. He's, it's a very easy bandwagon to jump on with him.
2: Mm. So we go 1-0 down and you think, here we go again. Then we make it 2-1 fairly late on and you think, oh, this is go first time since February 12th. <laughs> no. turn no, it down no. Lump on two,
3: <laughs> I actually and put I a five on Cheltenham yeah. to win when we went two one up.
2: Really? I don't know if it was this game or one of the others because I think you're doing it every game now, David. That we go two and a look, but you're saying lump on two two. Yeah. You, it,
0: you it's been one. Um, so, I think somebody replied and said they'd won hundred quid by doing it. So it's just, you know what? I, I think we're. We tainted a little bit in a positive way because we, I think, we're riding the crest a little bit after the Sunderland game. But Saturday, was, you know, Saturday night, it was just more of the same, wasn't it? There was no surprise. It was a, a mild expectation that we'd hold on due to the time that we'd scored in, uh, scored the second goal. But I don't think any one of us would have been necessarily surprised when uh, when they popped up the other end and scored in the last few minutes. I literally
3: laughed. Like there was, there was nothing else to it. It was just like you could. Like Difficult
1: I know say. we saying, we're, say.
3: <laughs> we're all feeling a bit more positive, obviously after the match the other night. But yeah, it's it was just one of those things where you just uh, I didn't even not like celebrate our goals because obviously at home I'm not going really to like ravenelli around the front room. But I, like I at least went yes, and then I was just like brilliant, yeah. Like what time <laughs> strictly on? I just cut. Oh. It was just one of those Ooh. moments.
2: And I hope that they've gone now, but... There there was a thread, I think most of us will have seen it on Twitter, the lad who uh, put together the the thread of all the late goals that we've conceded over the last two years, and he had to go for a break to have his tea while doing it. Um, (laughs) But we'll move on to something much happier, which was Tuesday night. Um, Before the game, when the team comes out, to me it was sort of if this goes wrong that's the end of Darren Moore because it, it was was bit left field you think steve at team selection
0: um yeah it was a, at the time it was i think it's worth mentioning the the sort of the negativity after the game before after saturday and before tuesday i, th- I think there was a hell of a lot of sort of ill feeling towards Moore and I, I've even stepped up and, and, and sort of said and you know anybody that listens on a regular basis will know that I've, I've been clinging on as long as I possibly can to the, the you know the, the, the Darren Murray's right for us sort of, sort of hype. Um, it, it was unnerving and um, going into Tuesday it, there was a feeling of if he doesn't get it right tonight then we have got a problem um, and then we saw that team and you know the you know the shrug emoji. I was walking to the ground, and it was literally one of those because he, he could have picked anything Tuesday night. Um, it almost felt like after the after the last couple of press conferences where he's been absolutely hammered. It almost felt looking at that team where it, that he's gone. Well, I'm going to dip into this pot here, and I'm going to listen to what some of the fans have said, and I'm going to start Theo uh, Corbin in. Um, I'm then going to dip into this pot here. And I'm gonna pick Canberry because he's something totally different out of left field. Um, he's like he's
2: like that Rod Stewart, he's like Rod Stewart doing Scottish <laughs> culture.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 100 percent But that was it. And you know, the, the banter that's flying about with the you know the Tom Bowlers that are on Twitter at the minute when whenever it gets to five to three or quarter seven or whatever time it is, nobody's got a clue what team he's gonna pick at the moment. It does seem like he's he seems to be settling for this back three. And I have my misgivings um, of playing the back three that we played on Tuesday against a team like Sunderland. I can't... I think Johnson's such an enigma. I I, I don't get the bloke. He gets a lot of hammer, he gets a lot of pelters. Um, But then at the same time, I I look at Tuesday and I think to myself, he's actually played quite well.
1: Yeah, we've
0: got got a left winger playing centre-half. You know, if, if somebody had dropped down from Premiership World and said, right, tell me what's happening at Sheffield Wednesday. Well, we've got a winger playing center off. I don't know I don't know, I know, I
1: know.
0: <laughs> We've signed a 19-year-old wonder kid that can't get a game. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just an absolute bag of all sorts, to be honest with you. So when the team came out, I was... I was in two minds as to what to expect. I was just really, really hopeful. And the, the, the worry was as well that they'd lost against Sunderland, uh, sorry, uh, they'd lost against Rotherham on Saturday 5-1. So you were expecting a reaction. Uh-huh. I think everybody was going in there thinking they're going to hit the ground running and absolutely come uh-huh. at us. And um, I, thought, I thought we were outstanding um, Tuesday night. I thought we were really, really good. I thought that to a man, every single person stepped up. I think, um, it was difficult to find fault with any one of them. I could sit here and wax lyrical about the players and, and the individual performances uh, until the cows come home. I think we, we were all really, really solid. It was just great to be in the ground, great to hear really the supporters. It was nice that they brought a few as well. Uh, it felt like a, a, a you know a, a Tuesday night game under the lights at Sheffield Wednesday. It's been a while since we fought one of them. And I've been saying for a while, it's been a while since we've gone out and put in a performance and you know, dominated a game in terms of not not necessarily in terms of possession because the stats would say otherwise, but we'd scored a goal, then we'd scored another, we'd sat back, we'd defended well, we'd put bodies on the line. Um, I never thought or felt, other than maybe the offside goal and the, the save at 2 0, I never thought that they were going to really, really sort of damage us. So I was really happy. I just
2: felt, I just felt a little, the, I think it was important for us to get the goal when we did. Um, I know the defence, it would. Pretty solid considering that, as you said, we're playing a left a left winger and a right back as <laughs> two We don't clear as a third one. Um one but <laughs> I just felt early on a little bit. It, it, if they'd have got one early, and they didn't at the end of the day, but if they had, we were just looking a little bit shaky, especially on the left left hand side of defence. That was just how I felt. And then, but once we scored, as as you say we were we were dominant.
3: Would you agree? Yeah, it was interesting in the pub, like when the lineup came out, and obviously everyone gets a phone out at like either 2 p.m. or like 6 45, and we're all sat there like refreshing Twitter. And the lineup came out and we were talking. There were loads of Sunderland fans in the riverside um on Tuesday. They'd been told by a steward that it was a safe place to go. So they'd all gone there. They were all really nice. And this guy said to us, he was like, Are you playing three up front, four up front? And we were like, literally couldn't even tell you if peacock farrell's gonna be in golf like absolutely no idea what this lineup is and like you couldn't pick it out it was like is it gonna be four four two is it gonna be five three two it ended up being like three two three two it was very strange but they said to us they were like you know we're gonna be coming back from the other night we were atrocious that's not like us and then obviously they didn't and there was one period um before we'd scored actually, I think it was about 10 minutes in, where they literally just lost their heads. Like everything that they did went wrong. Like they were putting it out for throw-ins like, by, like miles away from the side of the ground. It was just bizarre. It was like someone had just forgotten to, like, you know, if you're playing FIFA and you leave your remote and you can pop to the loo or you're onto the door, it was like that. It was just like something happened at that point that just didn't work. And obviously we capitalised on it. And that was great. I think... we've talked about set pieces, et cetera, et cetera. I think there were a couple that were somewhat disappointing um, that I still think, I can't believe we've not nailed down yet um, with Bannon, with Wing. Um, I think that that's something that, yeah, was really disappointing. Um, But other than that, I thought everyone was brilliant. Um, I think Johnson was outstanding. I think Dunkley, you know, I've said it on Twitter. I've been a big critic. I thought he was brilliant. Um, I thought Patterson in that position was that like that is where he should be playing because he will get goals from there as well. He absolutely will. But the crosses that he put in, I think he was was he involved in every single goal? Yes, I think. Pretty so. sure he was. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Corbinu, which is apparently how you pronounce it. Darren Moore said afterwards that he's been really ill since he got here, and that's why he's not been playing him. So whether it was uh, COVID or anything, but he said like he's still not really back up to full fitness from this illness that he's had. So.
2: They're they're the two players I'm wanting to focus on a bit more. First one, Corbyn obviously first first proper go tip that we've given him. And it's it's an incredible finish to take that first time with the ball coming across him like that put in in the corner. Like are we now gonna see I'm oh, I do wanna mention it and kick this off again, but Ben Marshall, what Ben Marshall was ten years ago. But but, but are we seeing something similar? Someone who was going to be just as key, do you
0: think, Stephen? Well, he's not (laughs) going to be a Ben Marshall (laughs) Um, for for various reasons. But um, I was excited by him um, the other night. And again, I'm going to temper it a little bit and and give the the constructive criticism, if you like, because I still don't think... He said controversially, I don't think he's still at the level that everybody else thinks he is or will be. However, he's an exciting player. Well, I'll give him that. He's, he's you know, it's great. There's that sort of bums out of seats and get on your feet sort of feel when he gets the ball and he's in space. Um, I'm not 100% convinced that he's a wing-back. and What I mean by that is that when we play the three, um, certainly with Johnson on the left-hand side first half and he was better first half than second half for me but I don't know if that's, that's because he was playing front in front of me on the south but um, I just found that when we were out of possession he sits a little bit too deep and I think I'd like to see him getting the ball the other side of the halfway line and, get, and getting at people
3: Was well, um, that not so, a tactics thing though as well? Like yeah,
0: Absolutely I think that's it he, he's been told that in my eyes and again I've, I have got a hotline to Darren Moore but it seemed to me that when we're out of possession, he done a more saying, right, go and protect Marvin Jones. Yeah. Um, I think I saw him. that.
3: There was one point in the second half um, when we, it was when we were 3-0 up and we were still pushing and I think we could have pushed and possibly at least forced a couple of saves if not got another goal. But there was one point and I can't remember who said it last week. Um, but he literally got to the halfway line and he stopped and he looked at Darren yeah, yeah, Moore and I thought, oh, that is like, I've not noticed it when someone on here had said it before. But I was actively obviously looking for it. And he, it was like he got there and he went, oh, it was like a barrier, um, which was frustrating. But at the same time, you think, you know, fair play to Moore in that he's got to, got to protect this. Because if we'd have conceded three, four goals in that last 10 minutes, he'd have been out of the job that night. Like there's absolutely no doubt there. So I think he had to do something. Um but yeah, I thought I thought it was a great performance. But then Stevie, when me and you were on a few weeks ago and we were talking about Kabina when we first like started to play him just for ten minutes at like two nil down. And he was frustrating because he was trying to be too fancy. And yeah. it was a bit like, mate, we're losing. Like stop doing all these step overs. Like the Sheffield Wednesday, were in League One. Like, what are you doing? But actually I enjoyed these step overs the other night. I thought you did very so well.
0: Yeah, I I think there's more to come from him, to be honest with you. I think uh, a a little bit like Dunkley, give it two, three weeks now, hopefully touch wood with a run in the side. I'm not sure what lies ahead in terms of the the team selection for the FA Cup and then pizza cup two days later. I think, is he going to keep him under wraps now until Gillingham? Is that going to have an impact on his momentum in terms of players coming in and staking a claim potentially? What what more thinks about, you know, where he states... Or positions us in terms of what we want to do with the FA Cup, what we want to do with the Pizza Cup. Do we want to go on a little bit of a run? Do we want to try and get to Wembley in the um, in, in that competition? I don't know, but I'd like to see him now have a run, um, let him get his feet under the table, if you like, and see if he can kick on a little bit.
2: Yeah, and it, it wasn't just the goal either. It was the the the,
0: the ball cross, the the, the, the the cross the, for uh, Cambere's goal. Wow, hell of a technique. Watch that back earlier on. Um just getting to the byline and just chipping it off and lofting it looked like he did was absolutely fantastic.
3: Canberry was played brilliant that's as well. Fun. I think he was he was an absolute pain in their ass. He was part of the reason when they had that meltdown in the first half, was just one misplaced pass and he just chased them down. And obviously, Gregory does that anyway because he's an absolute shit house and he just goes for them and just chases everybody. But that like Canberry was a real shock, I think. And he's another one that's not really had a chance. It was almost like it was almost like he was trying a cup side the other night like when he was like, all right, then you want me to play so so I will do, I'll try it against them. But he actually tried it against Sunderland and it, it
2: worked. Yeah. Um, another one that we'll go mention, Canberra in the final one. We, we have mentioned him a little bit, but Patterson would, again, those three probably man of the match. Patterson probably edged it for me overall. Uh, Stevie, what do you think?
0: I... I'm in the uh, the centre-half union and I do think uh, an honourable mention to Dunkley, I thought Dunkley was absolutely outstanding, didn't put a foot wrong the other night, but you're never going to give a centre-half the man of the match when you win 3-0 and we've, we've had those the goals that we've had and the kick-on that we had with Corbinu and uh, the way that Canberry, Patterson and, and Gregory linked up at times, You know, honourable honourable mention to Dunkley. I wasn't surprised that Theo got the man of the match, but I think Patterson was absolutely outstanding. Um there were times in the second half when we were under the cosh a little bit and we were defending set pieces and corners. Um, Peacock Farrell's slowing it down. He's you know he's dropping onto the ground. Patterson's doing doggies up to the halfway line, trying to get him on the break because he, he was well up for it. You know He's he's wanting a fourth. He's wanting to get up there. He's wanting to go and cause some more mayhem, some more damage. Um, and for a player of, dare I say it, his size and his physique and his stature, if you like, as what you'd call them, an absolute shithouser, to be playing where he's playing and do his, doing what he's doing, it's very deceptive. Um, I think he's a he's becoming, certainly at League One, a different kind of player than we expected him to be. And, I, you know, fair play to him. I thought he was really good the other night. He's um, going to be hard to leave out against some of the top sides. Vic, Callum Patterson, what do you think?
3: Absolutely outstanding the other night. Um, I've always had a soft spot for him anyway. I've never really got a bad word to say about him. I think he's... He's a character, he's an old school character. I know he's only like the same age as you, Ben, but he seems like it's almost like we've got a player from like the 90s, 80s, 70s back, where he's, you know, he's not Mr. Muscle. He's not there with the fancy hair, the fancy boots. He's just like, he just sticks to it and he just keeps going and he can run. My God, like, I know people go on about his physique or, and they say, you know, like, look at him compared to so and so and all this, and he doesn't look like a footballer. Well, he bloody runs like one. It's like the guy runs a he marathon
2: every game. He looks like to me, the what you typically think of a gl- Glaswegian boozer that co- that just goes around <laughs> Glasgow, just leathering. Yeah. <laughs> <exactly> <laughs> like. That's what he looks like. But he's br- cool. I, I, I'm saying I absolutely love him, I think he's brilliant to watch.
3: I think he remind he makes me think, you know, if you could if you were going to cast him in a film, he'd be the best man. He's that character, he's just like. He's just the, the typical goofy best man. He's just, I just think he's great. And I think he stands up for a lot of stuff, obviously, on social media with the stuff with his mom. Obviously, he always does November, he does stuff like that. So he seems like a good guy as well as this personality on the pitch. But everything he does, even if it's twatty, even if it's like a leg cruncher, it's always done in good humor. <laughs> like, I don't know, just. It's like the Spoons picture and just the, the 2020 picture and stuff like that. He's just, I don't know, he's just a real character. And I've said that when we first signed him. I've always watched him at other clubs and I've always looked out for his celebrations when they've been on TV. And he's just one of them people that he gets away with it. And I bet you at school, he was absolutely like head and tails above everybody else in terms of footballing skill. That everybody probably thought, he doesn't look like a footballer. But he was he was brilliant the other night. And that position for him, um, I think to have him there and also possibly, I think you've then got the option because he doesn't get tired. He looks like he's blowing out of his arse, but he's never tires. I think you've then got the option that if you need to push him up front at 80 minutes, you can do that. And I think that's a really, that's, that's like invaluable, really.
2: The last one I want to mention is, Lee Gregory and the stat that he's contributed now to 45% of all the goals we've scored this season. we talked plenty about banning and how crucial he is. Stevie is Gregory just as crucial with those stats?
0: I think stats are a funny thing, aren't they? He's now getting away from, from the fact that um, he's our first choice centre forward and those stats would suggest rightly so. Um, it just seems to me he's... He's the guy that you'd go to that the, the, the runs the line. I like the way that he works. I really liked the other night, the way that him and Kambiri linked up. And I've been a massive proponent for Berahino. I've been a massive proponent for the big centre-half. Uh, sorry, centre-forward, the little guy, uh, sort of ratting around him. I think we've seen the other night that there's potential there to have an absolute shithouse and shithouse centre-forward partnership that would absolutely steamroll anybody. If they get a run at it now, um Both Gregory and Camberry up top, and you know, watch this space sort of thing. I think Gregory's been fantastic. He's in the right, uh, right place at the right time. He does a lot, a lot of nasty, horrible, dog shitty work that nobody else would want to do.
2: Puts stuff. He does yeah, that know. He does, he does Northern Counties stuff, doesn't he?
0: Really? Yes, he does. Exactly, exactly that. Um, And that's probably because he's, he's come from that sort of level, if not just a little bit above. But he knows the game. He know. He knows what he's doing. Um, he works his bollocks off i think he's absolutely fantastic he's absolutely he's been absolutely brilliant for us um just on that sort of link between him and Kambiri, um again not to blow my own trumpet but i think' we, we, we've sat here for a bit and i've always said sort of august september time where we'll, we'll be october mid-october early november before before we know what our best 11 is and I think the other night is a is a testament to the fact that whilst we've been negative and we've been moaning and complaining about team selection, about team performance, about what people have been doing, we needed the, 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 the side to settle. I'm still not 100% certain that that's the first-choice side. Obviously, it's not because there's a couple of people missing. But, you know, other people have taken the chances as well, like uh, Dali Bashir, who's taken a chance. Kambiri's stepped in now. There are players now that are staking claims. We're still, maybe a couple of weeks away from knowing what the best 11 is, but it's nice to see that you know there, there, there's that sort of there's a team there with a, a, a set of options where, where once it settles, um, we might actually kick off. Yeah, let's My
3: not... only change from the other night would be when back fit would be wing and windass. I think I think that could a uh, switch out and have windass playing just behind Cambieri and Gregory could be outstanding, or even I don't want to drop Cambieri, but I think. We've not seen the best of Lee Gregory yet without Josh Windass alongside him.
2: Yeah. and Well, let's talk more about injuries And Because, as we said, we've got I.O. for out. We don't really know how long for yet. I think there's been something about him going for a scan or something. So we don't really know how long for. Uh, Buyers and Luongo both play against United, under 23, so they're coming back into it. Luongo especially. He's You've he's got to have him in, haven't you, at some yeah. point? Um. who do you drop out at the moment? Well,
3: Bannon's now injured, isn't he? Um, I think for me, I don't think Wings has been as good as he first was. Um, I think he did all right the other night. I think he was appalling in the previous couple of matches. Um, Yeah, I think he would be the one for me that I would drop. But like we've said, I think he's as close to his first 11 as he's ever going to be now. I think... It's only going to be a couple more changes and a couple more people back that's going to be, yep, yeah, this is it. But then again, it's Darren Moore and we're talking after one game. Like I said, like if that hadn't have gone right or if something had gone wrong during that last 20 minutes, we would not be in this sort of state of mind with it all. And I think the frustrating thing for me was coming out of the ground and checking the table and seeing that neither team had bloody moved. <laughs> I was just like, after all that, so that just shows you like what a shit of this league is as well the fact that we've had such an awful run and we're still nine points off top i think it is but we're still sat in the same place and we could still easily go down if we if we really fell for it so it's just it's just this league man
0: i don't think the league's particularly strong um again i said this to my mate the other night i don't i don't think i think the fact that we lose to the teams that we lose to and we we', we put in the performances we've conceded the goals that we've conceded against who we have, you're then you're then sort of thinking it might have been Saturday. Was it last Saturday we drew and actually moved up a spot? We moved into eighth or was it the week before? Uh, we, we got a point and moved up and everybody's expecting us to drop off. Um, the teams around us are all beating each other and and, and we're, we're, we're looking at teams and thinking, and Ash is a big one for saying, they're shit, they're not very good, that team's not very good, that team's not very good. Um, and to be honest with you, he's right. There, 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 there aren't very many good teams that I've seen in this league um, this season. I, I I, just think if we can get ourselves together and get our house in order, there's no reason that we, if, if, if we can kick on from, from Tuesday night, there's no reason we can't climb this league. Agreed. And one we haven't mentioned, and we have
2: talked about the back three, obviously, if I offer comes back and you've got Hutchinson as well. The back, back three of I offer Hutchinson Dunkley and Stevie's going to have a meltdown there because would you drop Liam Palmer? Nope. No. <laughs>
3: Never.
0: <laughs> Liam Palmer could be 85 and he'd still be a first name on Stevie's team sheet. <laughs> but, all, all right, in
2: all seriousness, let me chuck this one in then. Tell me why. I, 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 no, I, I agree. I wouldn't drop him. Because but,
0: and this is, this is the thing that I... I, I I can't remember who it was. I saw somebody the other night put, a, hey, this should be the best eleven, And it was a flat-back four with Hunt at right-back, with um, Dunkley and I think offer playing centre-off. This is obviously before the Iofa injury. And then somebody's gone, is it too difficult to just put Brown in at left-back? And I'm thinking, Brown's not even played left-back. What's Palmer done wrong to, to, to have people saying, get him out the side? You know he's not—he's not our best player. He's not outstanding, but I'm—I'm I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me what mistake he's made that's led to a goal. Peacock Farrells in these teams that people that people are saying leave Palmer out of, you know, Bannons in these teams, uh, Iorfus in these teams, and these are all people that have had Ricks in them this season, you know, uh, and made mistakes. Tell me a mistake that Palmer's made this year.
2: I'm not going to argue because I won't win. <laughs>
0: If you can
3: tell me a mistake, I'll show you. not win it against Palmer's dad. That's at the end of the
0: day. <laughs> he's wrong side of 30. He's not He's not quite young enough to be my son yet. No, actually, that's weird
3: because he's the same age as me. <laughs> I
0: think. Um,
2: just a few other bits. We mentioned the Bashiru. He obviously got player of the month. He, you know, he broke into the side probably the, for, for the first time since he joined 16 months ago he's been alright do you think but...
3: yeah I think I think he was better against Cheltenham than he was the other night but I think that's because the other night it wasn't standout individual performances as such obviously there's been a few that we've mentioned that really did stand out but I think Chel- because Cheltenham was so poor him looking good made him look better if that makes sense Um but yeah, I think, he, you know, he's come in, he's doing well. I think sometimes it can be a bit slow to react to things. A ball can go near him and he doesn't quite react until it's a bit too late. Um, and sometimes things just don't quite reach him. Like a ball that most players, or Barry Bannon's the world, would always do. But most players would try and get to that extra yard forward. He seems to wait for it a lot. And I think that's just something that will come with experience as well and more and more games. Yeah. Um, and just learning, obviously, how people play. Because we talk about training and we say, you know, why aren't they practising this in training? But at the end of the day in training, the only games they really play are like 5 or side against each other. So a lot of these things aren't going to come until you play against different teams week in, week out. Um, yeah, he's been great. I think he's deserved deserved that man of the month, as James Marriott would call it. I think it's been, yeah.
2: And the other one, Bailey Peacock Farrell today is being called up against the Northern Ireland squad. Um the play Italy one game. I can't remember who the other games against. Is it Andorra or something like that? Um oh, yeah. I think I know the second game's against Italy, which will be good for him, obviously. Do you think Stevie's been a little
3: Lithuania?
2: Bit more... <laughs> Lithuania, that's it. Um do you think he's been a little bit more solid the last couple of
0: games? No. If I'm honest, no, I don't, I don't. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't think he is any different necessarily um, than he has been earlier on in the season. I think the the, the mistakes that he's made are individual errors. Um, you can't legislate for him putting the ball on the floor against Ipswich. Um, there's been a couple of soft goals here and there. He's, I'm, I'm having. If you watch those games back, he still makes those those saves and he still makes a. You know, uh um he'll, he'll he'll tip one out and he'll push one out. He there, there, there was okay. a goal against whoever it was that I think it was Wimbledon where he's palmed it right out to the edge of the area, and I'd I, even heard and seen a couple of people complaining that he'd not put it in the right area. I thought that was outstanding, and people were blaming him for that goal that we that we conceded there. Um, I think you'll tell me better. It's it, it's the hardest position on the pitch is it, a goalkeeper. I don't think he's any better or worse than he was at the start of the season. I think he's just been, dare I say it, lucky that there's been no more bollocks dropped. Um, however, having said that, I thought he held held the ball well the other night. Um, there were a couple of shots down his throat that he, he clung on to that, you know, when it hadn't been going well for him, he might have dropped. And the the goal, the, the save at 2-0, where they put it over the bar the other night was absolutely fantastic. But I don't think he suddenly found a rich vein of thought of form again. I just think that he's not making as many mistakes, as perverse as that sounds, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think you can question sort of the, he seems to do the hard stuff well, making the saves and stuff like that, That he, you know, you expect it to make the saves, but it's more, for me with him, it's more the, con- his concentration levels, as you that's say, it. individual mistakes, that's what seemed to cost him, and that's not really any different of what Wildsmith and Dawson have been for us. <laughs> um, so, there you go. Will Smith will play the, the Gillingham game in that case with we, we, Bailey Peacock Fowl being away with Northern Ireland. Um and we'll quickly well quickly we've got a fair bit of time left. Preview Sunday against Plymouth. Anyone going? No.
3: It's cold, it's on telly, and I want my credit towards next year's season ticket.
0: Steve it. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. I'm, I'm going. Ten pound. Can't you can't knock it, can you? Uh, Bit of 5 aside Sunday morning. Me and my mates have a bit of snap. Uh, Get down to the ground. uh, A few beers and a a curry Sunday afternoon. Steady.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going... I've got a friend who's going out on Saturday night um, and she's going to be hanging, so I said I'd take a McDonald's round on Sunday and watch it with her. I think... For me, it's just... They've come too quickly. They've come too close together that... And it's after such a bad period. If there wasn't another game on Tuesday and then another game on Saturday, and then, like there's so many this month that, and I know I moaned last time about them Finnish people that came over. They've ruined this for me, right? But the fact that I've not already bought a ticket gets me away with it. But I think, is it six home games in November? Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot of time. And as someone who's working two jobs and whatever else, it's just a lot of time. Um and I think I'm not going Tuesday either. I'll be obviously be there the Saturday after. So I think it's just, I just want a bit of a break. I like to have a weekend. And I think after having two years of having full weekends, like every weekend, it's like all of a sudden I've got to start going back to that shit So I just I'm just gonna make the most of it and just yeah, I think get some get some work done, get some cleaning done, be nice. I'll watch what, it on telly, obviously. Um, what do you
2: think uh, in terms of team selection then for Plymouth? Is he gonna? Would you? Would you rotate it? Would you keep it? Are the there team rules team? in
3: for the FA Cup? No, because I don't.
2: It's think, years I don't ago, think but the are FA. there any
3: rules about you have to play X amount of players? Is that a different?
0: I think no, I think, that's, a, a, I think I that's the I think the
3: Tuesday night. That's
0: League Cup, yeah. Um. He's going to rotate it Sunday, but what difference does that make? Because he rotated it Tuesday, rot- rotated it Saturday. There's not a game where you've looked at it and gone, that player's got to start, that player's got to start. You played Corbino against Newcastle under-23s, was it? Or was it Mansfield?
1: Brilliant.
0: So you know, you'd be expecting him a month ago to be playing next Tuesday night. Based on last Tuesday night, you're not going to put Corbinou in. You're going to rest him for Saturday. Um Kambiri would have been a front runner for either Sunday or Tuesday based on Tuesday night is he going to come in? Um you don't know we haven't got any defenders to rotate in we haven't got
3: any under 23s <laughs> they're all out
0: on loan all alone. So, you
3: two are going
0: to yeah. be started I tell you um, I, I literally don't know and to be honest with you I don't know if if we put out player X, Y and Z on Sunday and or Tuesday, I don't know if that's going to be a tactic around rotation, or just his the the Darren Moore master plan. Because at the minute we're playing three at the back, nobody saw that. We're playing the winger at centre at centre half that nobody saw. Um, we we've finally got Deli in win. Um, he was he was a perennial bench warmer. He's been our player of the month. Kambira was probably third or fourth choice striker three weeks ago. After Tuesday night, he's the second coming of Steve McLean. So, <laughs> he <laughs> will is, isn't it so in certainly Sunday Tuesday and more we trust you can do what you want it's a free hit for him really isn't it what would be nice in, in all seriousness what would be nice if he puts whatever side out Sunday and we be effective with the top of the league, and then he puts another side out Tuesday that he rotates it after 72 hours we get another win and then he puts another side out Saturday that wins again you imagine all the negativity. Um, and it was the, the, the last home game before the Sunderland game. Forgive me, I can't remember who it was that we played. Lincoln. Five, yeah. Lincoln, thank you. But five minutes in, somebody had misplaced a, a pass into the north, and the bloke to the side of me was standing up, shouting at Moore, saying it was pathetic. It was nil-nil. Somebody kicked the ball out of play. I don't know what he wanted, but that that's the sort of toxicity that we had around the club a week ago. Um, all of a sudden, we beat Sunderland 3-0. We're on the crest of a wave, and everybody's now thinking that we're going to find the league again.
2: Are we bothered about Sunday, whether we win or lose?
3: I'd rather focus on the league. I think the, the points that we've dropped over the last few weeks, I think we've got to, we've really got to pick them back up now. We've got to get wins where we sh- might be getting draws, where we would expect to get draws, where we would expect to get beaten, we should be getting wins there. Um, I think, to be fair, I think Tuesday night just gone, I think most of us would have taken a draw before the match. I think we all awesome. would have probably gone, Absolutely. this is one that I'll accept. Um, and as it wasn't that, I think the next few league games now have got to be three points. And so for me, the cut means nothing. It, I, like, not when we're in, if we're in the league above still and we were doing all right or we were floating around mid-table, absolutely go for it and think of the money that's going to come in as well from that. But as it stands now, I think we're, we're almost at the midpoint of the season. And we're at a point that we've got to pick up those extra points now. We can't be focusing on a cup. We're not going to win it. Like, so, do you know what I mean? We're not going to win the FA Cup. There's absolutely no way that a team that was winning 2-0 at Cheltenham Town and end up walking away drawing 2 all are going to be your Arsenal's, your Leicester's, etc. Is it Leicester that hold it at the moment? Yeah.
2: Mm.
3: Like, it's, it's not going to happen. So, concentrate on the league.
0: Stephen? Um, I take all those points and generally agree, but I, I, I do care. I'd like to see us win on Sunday.
3: I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to see. You obviously
0: do. want us to win on Sunday as well, but um, I would. I think out of the two of us, I'd be more disappointed if we just rolled over and let, uh Plymouth walk away with a victory on Sunday. We're not going to win. Win the coach is absolutely right. Um, the 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 old fashioned, and I'm a little bit different to you, Ben, in that. I can remember waking up on a Saturday morning and having the whole pre-match. We're off to Wembley. Uh, we'll have breakfast here and we've got Desline. I'm on grandstand and we're going to do the whole team at the hotel and going on the coaches down to the ground and all of that stuff. That's what the FA Cup final is all about for me. Saturday afternoon, last game of the season. Um, kick off at the Twin Towers at three o'clock and everybody, the, the entire country is watching the game. It should be the focal point of... of um, of our domestic competitions, if you like. It doesn't mean that much anymore. My like Vic says, we're not going to win it, but it would be nice to have a little bit of a run to sit there in December time and say, right, we might pull out a, a Liverpool and Arsenal and Man City again and, and, and you know, have a, a, a nice sort of an afternoon or an evening under, under the lights somewhere um, would be really nice. But, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Um, I just... Right, it's about the league at the moment, but I do think it you know, I, I place a little bit more emphasis on Sunday. I think it'd be nice to get a little bit bit of momentum as well. I think there's a there's a there's a danger of winning against Sunderland, losing on Sunday, then putting out a different side on Tuesday night, and then going into Gillingham, having lost to Harrogate and having been dumped out of the FA Cup. I think that might be ca- kind of counterproductive. Yeah, I agree
3: uh, with that. I mean, think so. I'm just thinking about, like, Ben as well, like, nostalgia. It's like, because obviously 90, was it 91, 92 when we were last at Wembley for the FA Cup? Was it 92? No. 93, 93. 93, 92, 93. And I I wasn't taken. Obviously, parents wanted to piss up the day out. I didn't want the five-year-old. <laughs> in I'd never been to Wembley up until the playoff final. Uh, but I don't hold it against them. I don't bring it up all the time. Um but I think FA Cup for us is like we have three things during our year. Two are for Jesus and one's for football. And it's we always have a family meal for Easter, Christmas, and the FA Cup is a Sunday lunch and family thing. And that was one thing that I noticed last year. It was last year, wasn't it? We were still in lockdown, weren't we for it? Um that was one thing that was just like, oh, this is weird. Like this is this is the FA Cup. That's what we do. But that said, I've never expected to watch Wednesday while we're having our Sunday lunch. So, no. But yeah, I know what you mean about, I don't want us to lose. And I think out of all the Cups to care about, the FA Cup is the Cup to care about. Um, but I I don't think that the pressure needs to be on. I think if you can go out and win it, you can go out and win it. That's great. I think if if you're a young lad, one of the few left in Hillsborough, then go and have a go and see what you can do and hopefully get spotted and, go and be another one
2: out on low um, but yeah, you, you've, yeah. Sparked, you've sparked some nostalgia for me though as well Steve when you said that it, it'd be different for me the last time I remember it being like that and since then it hasn't but it was a Cardiff Portsmouth FA Cup final going off on a tangent but if you remember that it was 2007
0: 8 It was the first one back at the new Wembley and I was there yeah, yeah. I used to, uh, I used to no. be able to get I used to get tickets to go down to the Cup final so um God rest his soul Malkin which is a private sort of thing, uh, used to work for the FA, and he'd get me FA Cup final tickets every year, so I'd go down every year, I saw about four or five in a row, um, ended up sat in the uh, press box for that one, it was,
2: it was great. Yeah, it? that, that was the last one, like I say, this is completely off topic, but that was the last one that I remember, Like we, had it been seven or eight, so everyone on our estate, you know, we have been playing football and everything, and then pretty much there must have been 12 people in my house watching that in, in lounge. It was like a proper FA Cup day, and it's never been like that since. Uh,
3: I think know. Leicester's win was, that was a very emotional win. Uh, mm. obviously it was following the chairman's like, accident mm. and everything else. And I think that I, I did tear up at that. I thought that was beautiful. And I think I, I love to watch Chelsea get beat anyway. But mm. it was just a really, really emotional day. And it is it is a classic British sort of, thing isn't it? It's just something that we do and it's in the calendar and it's it well I guess it's an English sort of thing isn't it so even well English and Welsh. Um but it's just yeah for us it's always just been that it's your Sunday roast and it's a big family day and I think a lot of families do that because I remember seeing on social media and stuff, you know, we talk now like it was decades ago but this time last year we were you know locked in the house still sat on Zoom <laughs> and you know, interviewing John Arcs, But it was, I think that was a point that I realised how much of a big deal it is for other people as well. So, but again, it's never going to be Wednesday at Wembley in the FA Cup final, probably in my lifetime or my grandchildren's lifetime. So, <laughs> concentrate on the league, Darren.
2: I think that's nearly everything. Um, I'll pass over to Vic because you've got some other business with one of the Sheffield clubs, I think.
3: Yes, I have. So, excitingly, this week, obviously, I'm part of the Her Game 2 campaign. Um, things are ramping up with that now. It's absolutely crazy. It's All of my spare time is dedicated to that, So I believe so passionately in it. And we have signed up, officially, the world's first football club. So, Sheffield FC are a partner. Um, when I told the girls about Sheffield FC, they're kind of, obviously, I think it's something that if you're from Sheffield, you know. And if you've been to the football museum, you know, but even outside, even if you're a hardcore football fan, not many people have kind of heard of it. Um, and then when they saw the the sort of reaction to the partnership, they were just amazed. They were like, wow, yeah, there, there was a reason why you were on all these late night calls and whatever else trying to sort it. Yeah, it is a big deal. Um, so, yeah, so that's been amazing. Um, yeah, it's great. First, first f- football club in the world. Um, and if they can back it, then... I can't. everyone else.
0: You managed to get some other teams in as well, did not you? Um, sort of Yorkshire teams.
3: Yes. No, yes. So we have had a really, really, really good response from the other side of the city. Um, we've had a very good response from West Yorkshire where <laughs> I shall be visiting at some point. Obviously, we're already partnered with Huddersfield. Um, we're working with Donny Rovers at the moment to try and get something with them. We're already partnered, anyway, we're already partnered with Dummy um, working on something with Barnsley
0: everyone's been really receptive in all seriousness, the, the, the profile I, I've certainly seen it and I've got a, a sort of a passion for, for girls football my, my grounding is actually girls football I, I began my coaching career as a, a, a coach of girls football my sisters played at a very high standard actually represented England at university level um, seeing the the, the, the groundswell um, as it as it is from certain other, you know pro clubs uh, and, and them getting behind it has been really heartening to see. And, you know, I applaud everything that you're doing, if I'm honest with you.
3: I think one of the great things for us is like when we have the meetings with these clubs, and you know, obviously, it's the money that we raise from like shirt supplies and stuff like that we give to girls' grassroots football because that for me, well, for all of us, is one way to get girls feeling comfortable going to the football. Yeah. But the majority of us, as like co founders, none of us. Particularly watched women's football. It was, and that's kind of been that tends to be something that's thrown at you quite a lot. Like, oh, if you don't like sexism, why don't you go to the women's game? So I wasn't brought up on the women's game. That was like like, I knew Carla Ward when I was younger, that's about it. And Rachel Unit was probably my first love. Alex Scott, obviously. Um so I knew like the bigger names and the people who played locally or played like Donnie Bells and um, England, but women's football itself didn't really. Hit me, it just wasn't a thing. My dad watches women's football all the time, he's always got women's football on. And um, but for me, yeah, I played it, but I didn't particularly watch it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's some of the clubs, some of the stuff that they're doing is just phenomenal. Like clubs that you would expect, like Forest Green Rovers, obviously have such a good community outreach anyway, they have been phenomenal. Um, Exeter City have been amazing. Um, obviously, Bristol Rovers, which is where the campaign kind of started, they've been brilliant. Um, and then, you know, we're going we're to have our first Premier League club by Christmas, like, absolutely. Um, and some very, very big Premier League clubs. So that's just something. I mean, we've just partnered with a club in Prague this week, you know, a, a women's team in Germany who want to put us on their shirts and stuff like that is just phenomenal.
0: Football manager as well.
3: Yes, we are also, yeah, if you play football manager, um, we are on the pitch board, like the boards around the side of the pitch. We'll come up with her game too. And do you know what makes me really, really happy about that? the amount of gammon that gets annoyed about this campaign and the amount of men that tweet us and say "Oh, get back in the kitchen or whatever are the type of men like Dan Fudge who doesn't say that sort of thing but he does this sits all day in his pants playing championship manager and not speaking to anybody else right they cannot turn off that advertising so they have to look at our advert all the time while they're playing that in their mum's box room so that for me is a win um it's in your face and you can't turn it off and you shouldn't be able to turn it off I think it's It's something like the girls did amazing with it to start with. And now it's just going from strength to strength. Like the partnerships are one thing. Um, Like Millwall as a partner, it's huge. Like that is a club that, you know, has such a bad reputation on the outside. But actually, when you look at the stuff they do in their community and the stuff that they do for the women's game and for female supporters, they're doing phenomenal stuff. Um, So, yeah, to have them involved, um, obviously, like you said, the football manager stuff is huge. We're just... It's just growing. Um, we had a meeting this week with educational partnerships where we can implement this into the curriculum. Um, it's just, it's just going to keep going. That. Is, that everything.
2: I don't know if, if anyone's got anything else to add. No. I think, so. I think that's everything. We've nearly covered. Oh, in. oh
3: just know. a little shout out to Shay. Um, he is currently doing Hillsborough to Celtic Park. Um, via Hillsborough Park, he's just going around Hillsborough Park and Ecclesfield Park a lot on his bike in the pouring rain, I drove faster the other day, I felt awful um, obviously we're still doing his little video interviews, Um, we've recently interviewed Chris Wilder and that went really well, he is such a nice bloke like he's genuinely, I wish I could have captured the banter that he was having with Shay before we started actually recording, he was just brilliant um, we have got Juan Cobian lined up soon So that's a blast from the old past. Um, So that, yeah, that's coming up. And there's a certain football manager that's doing the rounds on social media recently, and has just, you know, he went through an awful court case that really, really did him over. And uh, you know, Steve Bracknell is is going to be on Shay's interviews. So, oh, the thinker would
1: actually be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: have you seen his latest video? Honestly, no. we have to do a shout out to that. He is just, honestly, Chris McClaw, Matt Exton and everyone else involved in that. Of course, it's Matt Exton. Like, absolutely hilarious. I watched it today on my lunch and I was sat at my desk because I've got a conference call coming up. So I've got my little headset on sat at my desk and I thought, oh, I'll just watch it quickly. And people were looking over at me because I, I had tears pouring down my face when I clicked what this one's, this week's one was. Like the the bit where you realise what he's talking about absolutely did me over. When you realise what the sirens are for, I'd gone, I'd completely gone. Um, so yeah, so shout out Steve Brightnell, check out his new video as well, and he will be on with Shay very soon.
2: Brilliant. Thank you to Michael Constantine Wealth Management. I think he still sponsors this, so I bet. We were part of
0: the other night on Twitter. So I thought, yeah, thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We'll be back next week. Probably Fudge will be hosting it if he's got his vodka back. He'll tell you more (laughs) about that. Um, But yeah, that's all for now. See you next week. The Wednesday week. Five friends, one football club.
1: And about six jokes they just repeat over and over and over and over and over. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mates already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points back of the net. Lebosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at Participating Restaurants 18 Plus Serving Times Delivery Fee and Terms Apply. See McDonald's.com for more information. See you later! Hi, this is Craig
3: Robinson from Ways to Win.